there it is. Now I hope you feel like you've been to VBS this past week too. Those were just some highlights of some of the awesome things we got to do. Um, and today we just thought, what a perfect opportunity to not only share with you what your church was able to put together to share with these kids, but it's so important for us to remember the exact same things we were reminding them about all week long. Uh, and so today, we're just going to walk through each day that your kids, your students, your neighbors, your friends went through so that you remember the exact same things that they did. But to start, this does require a little bit of, uh, of you guys interacting with me. And so what I need you to do is make a fist. Doesn't matter what hand, any fist you want. Cock it back. And when I say something like, when you're lonely, you say, Jesus rescues. So let's practice. When you're lonely, that's, that's good. We're almost to the kids' level, but not yet, so keep it up. Keep the energy going. And so this week obviously was about Jesus rescuing us. And so each day the kids had a theme, something that they were focused in on, something that they were zeroed in on to help them remember how Jesus rescues them or what Jesus is rescuing them from. And so the psalm that we read today is actually from day two. And there's only one verse in there that was actually... Um, utilized for VBS, and it was verse 19, and that says, the Lord comes to rescue each time. And I thought that would be such a great way to sum up everything that we have, everything that we're going to talk about today, because no matter what, Jesus comes to the rescue. He comes to rescue you from anything. And so if you remember nothing else, remember that the Lord comes to the rescue each time. So day one. Day one, I already gave it away. When you're lonely. Jesus Loudest voice right here. I love it. I love it. But it was all about when these kids are feeling like they're all by themselves. And it was really easy for, for them to kind of bring that up. I mean, you coax them along a little bit, but for the most part, a lot of them, we're, we're all thinking through, like, man, if I'm bad, sometimes I get sent to my room and I'm alone. You know, sometimes I go to school and my friends are mad at me and I'm alone. Sometimes I go into a new classroom and my teacher seems really mean and I feel like I'm alone. But I was thinking, how do we feel lonely? How do we fit into this too? You know, you, you people who are sitting out there, you know, none of you are walking into a new classroom. None of you are going into a, a new environment like that. But some of you, maybe you're going to a new job. Some of you, maybe you're stepping into a new stage of life and you have no idea what's coming. Some of you, maybe you're having fights with different people. Maybe you're not sure where your next meal is coming from or where your next paycheck is coming from, and that's stressing you out to the point where you're starting to lash out at those people that you love most. Maybe you don't feel as connected as you want to be, and so you feel alone. And these kids aren't dealing with that same problem, but for them, a new classroom, new friends, a new school, all of that is just as scary to them as some of those things I just rattled off for you right now. And as we look at our world, as we look at the culture that we're in right now, loneliness is everywhere. How many people have succumbed to this loneliness, this darkness, this depression that seems to be just bearing down on everyone? I mean, just this month, we have people like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain who just gave up. Or maybe, for some of you, it has to do with some of the political things going on in our culture today. 
You know, you're hearing news stories about families that are being separated at the border, but then you're hearing other news stories that are totally discrediting those ones, saying those pictures are old or those pictures aren't even real. And so you're wondering, well, well what's true? You know, what's real? And you go talk about it with a friend or maybe a family member, and they're on one side saying, oh, no, Trump is an idiot. How dare he? But then another friend is like, oh, no, Trump, Trump is, you know, second to Jesus. All right, I see where we are. But regardless of what it is, how easy is it for us to go one way or the other and divide ourselves off from other people? And soon we find ourselves all alone with our own opinion because we don't know what's truth. We don't know what's factual. But what I'm here to tell you and what we told those kids is that when you're lonely, oh man, so ready for it right here. That's what I love. But that's exactly it. Regardless of what's going on, whether it's the political world, whether it's your culture, whether it's just everything around you seems like it's falling apart and you only can feel loneliness and darkness, Jesus is here to rescue you. And so their Bible verse for the day that they were learning on Monday comes to us from Psalm 27. The Lord will hold me close. So when you're feeling lonely, when you feel like there's nothing that can possibly comfort you. Look to this verse. Look to the rest of Scripture to see not only does the Lord say He's going to hold you close, He proves it time and time again. Proved it in the Old Testament, always providing the people with what they needed. Proving it in the New Testament by sending us His only Son. The Lord will always hold you close. He will never abandon you. He will never leave you. It's the world that's trying to tell you you're lonely. And so that was day one. And then day two, we get to meet a, a new animal friend. Day one was Hope. Hope was a jaguar. Day two was Beacon. Beacon was a toucan. And Beacon's Bible point for the day was, when you worry, that's right, that's right. Some of you didn't get it on that one. That's okay. There'll be a different one for each one of our days. But Beacon would remind you that all your worries, they don't matter. They matter to you in the moment, but in the long run, Jesus has already rescued you from that. And so I had the opportunity to work with these kids. I, I was here in the openings and the closings to help kind of kick them off and, and then end them for the day, but I also got to do KidVid. And so on this day two, this KidVid cinema, they met a young girl about their age who was going to a new school. And so again, just like being lonely, sometimes we also worry about the new things coming up in our lives. And this little girl, you know, it was an incredibly dramatic video. The music was great. Um, if you were to watch it, I'm sure you would have been on the edge of your seat. But as they were watching this girl walk around the school, circling, making the perfect facial expressions, finally she gets to her classroom. She looks in the door, and there's two little kids there ready to welcome her, being her best friends. The new school is no longer scary. So she's great. She's excited. And then most of the kids are, are there, and we're talking about, you know, what worries you? And of course, they just saw the video, so they're worried about the same things as the video. But some of them are, are also worried about, you know, what if my dog gets sick? What if my brother gets sick? What if I get sick? You know, they all have those different worries. And this was a day where it sounded like a lot of the things they were struggling with were somewhat similar to what you would struggle with as adults. As grown-ups, 
as people who have everything figured out, allegedly. What are things you worry about? Where's money coming from? Where's your next meal coming from? What happens if I lose my job? What happens if another natural disaster comes and wipes out my house? What happens if my spouse gets sick or worse off, passes away? What happens if my kids no longer want anything to do with me? What happens if I voice my my faith to someone and they cut off all ties with me? There's so many things to worry about. There's so many things that the world wants you to be focused on, that they want you to, to only think about and forget what comes to us from Psalm 34, which tells us that the Lord rescues us each time. The Lord comes to the rescue each time. Not just once, not just twice. Every possible thing that pops up in your life, the Lord is there with you. The Lord is there walking with you. The Lord is there guiding you. The Lord is there protecting you. The Lord is there pushing you forward. Maybe a relationship ended here, but he's opened up a brand new one over here. Something that he had planned for you from the very beginning, that he came to the rescue for you in order to lead you to where you need to go next. To know that your worries very valid because they feel so real here and now, but he's already rescued you from them. Because when you're worried, Jesus does rescue. This area, y'all forgetting, be ready, be ready. So now we're on day three. And day three, we met a manta ray named Ray, and her Bible point for the day was when you struggle, there we go, there we go, that's right. And what you may notice at this point is that all of these days are really just using a different word in order to describe the same thing. What are the hard things in your life? What are the difficult problems, the issues that seem to always be plaguing your mind, that always seem to be trying to distract you from God? What is that for you? And one little girl even mentioned in the struggle one, how we already answered this question. I was like, "Ah, you did, but it's not bad to repeat because think about it. What else is causing you to forget who God is? What else is causing you to only think about that? What else is causing you to struggle? And what we did to help them learn a little bit about what a struggle looks like is I had them all get in a plank position and they were waiting for me to say down so they could start doing push-ups or whatever, but I just told them, you just hold it and I'm going to talk to you about the Bible verse for today. And so a lot of them were able to do that, and they struggled, you know. Uh, For some of them, quit immediately. Some of them, uh, they'd fall, and they'd be like, oh, I can get back up. And so they'd get back up. And that's exactly what we do. You know, the things that you struggle with, there are some of you out there that no matter what, you're going to keep fighting, you're going to keep struggling, you're going to keep pushing. If you fall down, you're going to get right back up. But then there's others of us, when those struggles pop out of nowhere, Or maybe there's something you've been dealing with for a long time. When those struggles come up, you just collapse. The world crushes you down. Not only do they point out these struggles, they then make you feel like you're all alone, like you can't admit that you're struggling. They cause you to worry. And they don't want you to think that there's someone who's already come to rescue you from that worry. They continue to put you in a state of struggling, of not being good enough, 
of not doing what's right. So all you can focus on is the brokenness that you have. And for these kids, we asked them, what are some struggles in your life? And for the most part, they gave me the same answers. But there was one little kindergartner who she was just so excited. She was so eager to share. She just wanted to contribute to the question, and she was happy that she had something to share. But it was such a grown-up problem. She told me, my biggest struggle is when I'm at home and mommy and daddy fight. And it's like, you're five. How are you aware of this? You shouldn't have to deal with this. Your biggest struggle should be that your blue crayon broke. You shouldn't have to deal with the fact that your parents are screaming at each other in the other room. But how many of us are dealing with that same issue? The kid vid for that day was about a little boy who was learning how to swim, got really good at it, and one day they went to the pool and he was playing there. And one of his little friends was, wasn't as far along as he was, so he was hanging onto the wall and then all of a sudden this, this hero of our story hears someone crying out, help, help, and he turns around and his little friend is drowning in the middle of the pool. And the hero jumps in, saves him, everything is fine. Um, no one dies in that one. But how appropriate is that for us? How many of you feel like the struggles and the worries and the impending loneliness or the fear of loneliness is surrounding you and crushing you and weighing down on you so much that you just feel like you're drowning? See, for us, it can seem like you can't admit that you're struggling. Because in the United States, we're all supposed to have it together. We're all supposed to have it figured out. If not for your country, you do it for your kids. If not for your kids, you do it for your friends. If not for your friends, you do it for the rest of your family. Because if you can't be the rock for them, then who will be? But every one of us struggles. In the Bible verse that our VBS gave to us and gave to the kids is that you're supposed to be still and know that I am God. And the reason they chose a manta ray for this day is because with all the struggles in the world, you can feel so broken and just collapsed into yourself, you don't know what to do next. But manta actually comes from the word blanket, or blanket comes from manta. And so the idea is, like a blanket would wrap around you, God, is wrapping around you in these moments. Just be still and know that he's with you. And so, something we had the kids do, and they struggled with this. I mean, it was the day of struggling, so it was fine. Was just sit still and be silent for two minutes. Just see what that's like. How many of you do that? How many of you just take even a minute to just sit totally still and think about, my God made me. I'll be honest, I don't. Because for a lot of us, we see struggles as, oh, I'm fighting with this person. Oh, I don't have money for this. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat today. But for a lot of us, the struggles are really 
Well, I have to go do this. You know, I have to make sure I get the car to, to the shop to make sure I can drive tomorrow. I have to make sure I get to this meeting in order to be sure that I can pay for tomorrow's trip. I have to make sure that I get my kids to school because I signed them up for school and for soccer and for swimming and for gymnastics and for everything else that I possibly could because I didn't want them to have any free time because God forbid they sit still for a moment there. And now I have to struggle with all these different things that are popping up in my life because I just have to stay busy because if I sit still and think about what God is doing in my life, that's, that's not what our world does. And yet God calls us to be still and to know that he's with you. And so day three is all about the struggles that these kids are going through. But in the end, knowing God's there. So when you struggle, that's right, day four. And day four is one of the coolest days that we get. Day four, no matter what, if you use group publishing, if one of y'all decides to go plant, uh, you know, Pilgrim League City one day, uh, group publishing always has day four as the day that Jesus is there the day that Jesus dies, the day that Jesus rises from the dead, and it is always focused on how your sin does not define you. And so day four for us this week, we had uh, an iguana named Guac, and uh, he reminded us that when you do wrong, there you go, that's right. And the whole day was focused on a verse that we actually focused on uh, for the last four weeks with Pastor Josh, sharing with us about struggles, about uh, fears, about different things going on. And it comes to us from John chapter 16, verses 33. He'll be up there soon. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so as we were watching uh, in Kidvid, and we were hanging out, we were talking about different things that we were doing. We focused in on where the devil wants you to stop in that verse and where Jesus wants you to stop in that verse. Because the devil, taking all of the loneliness, taking all of the worry, taking all of the struggles in the world, wants to throw them all at you, and on top of that, add any sort of guilt that you are feeling, any sort of sin, secret or not, that you've done. He wants you to think about every time that you've messed up. And all he wants you to focus on is here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Done. You messed up. Your life's going to be terrible now. I hope you feel nothing but loneliness. That's what Satan wants you to think. But then Jesus comes in and he wants you to know that he's already overcome the world. Take heart. Remember Look to the cross and remember that he has already dealt with everything you could possibly think of. He's dealt with everything you've possibly done, anything you have done, anything you will do. And when you do wrong, Jesus rescues. You were ready, I saw. That was good. But because Jesus came down, he wanted to help you. You see, from the very beginning, after God created Adam and Eve, after sin entered into the world, God gave us ten rules to follow. And when Jesus came back, he summed it up into two. He made it as simple as possible. And so what we did with the kids is, 
is we ask them, do you think you can follow maybe just five rules? And they're like, yeah, that's totally easy. That's less than I have in my classroom. So we gave them five rules. Rule one, if I say one, you jump. Rule two, you have to spin in a circle. Rule three, you have to hop on one foot. Rule four, you just touch the ground. Real easy one. Um, and then rule five, Jesus rescues. Y'all have been doing it, so have they. They were ready for him. And so what I did is I just rattled off the rules. You know, one, 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 two, three, five, four, four. You know, they were just going up and down there, having a great, wonderful time. But then I started to speed up. And in speeding up, I also added in some rules that I didn't tell them about. You know, throwing in sixes and sevens, elevens, you know, all these different ones, just throwing it at them, going faster and faster until the kids are, are just struggling and they're like, whoa, 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 you didn't tell us about those ones. How are we supposed to do that? You're going too fast. I can't possibly handle that. Like, I, I can't keep following this. It's too much. Isn't that what the world is, though? Throwing as much as it possibly can at you? Telling you, oh, God only gave you ten rules to follow? God only gave you two rules to follow? One will make sure to shovel it on then because you've got plenty more space to handle. And it gives you so much that you can't possibly keep up. You can't possibly follow every rule. And so you inevitably break one or you cheat somewhere and you think, oh, that'll be okay. But in reality, it won't because what Scripture says is the wages of sin is death, period. It doesn't say, well, as long as you didn't mean to do it, it's fine. If you sin, you die. But that was before Jesus. And so with Jesus, if you sin, you're forgiven. It's not about what you do. It's about what he has done. And so the video they had to watch was about a kid who rented a video game from the library and then held onto it for two months and didn't return it. And so went back to the library, had a $60 fine, and was like, hey, you know, I messed up. Could I have grace? Uh, and my thought is like, no, you, it, this is your fault. Pay your fine. But he asked for grace, and so the librarian is like, I'll cut it in half. It'll only be 30. And that's where the video ends. And that's also where the analogy with Jesus breaks down. Because with Jesus, he didn't come down and look at all of your smiling, beautiful faces and think, man, y'all just can't do it. You can't follow the rules. So I'll go ahead and cut it in half and just give you five. No, Jesus came down and he looked at all of your smiling, beautiful faces and thought, man, do I love these people. And I know they're not going to be able to do it. I know they're not going to be able to handle it. I know they're not going to be able to follow all these rules. They're broken. And so I'll do it instead. And I will do all of it. Because Jesus wants you to know that it is purely because of what he has done and his love for you and his grace that he has given to you that you're rescued. So when you do wrong... That's right. And then finally, we had day five. And day five is where we get to just enjoy the fact that Jesus has already died and risen from the dead, and now we get to see the awesome power that he continues to do through us, the awesome showing of power that he does. And so the reminder is when you're powerless, Jesus that's right, because in reality, you're never truly powerless. Jesus is always with you. And so the story that the kids learned about comes from, comes from Acts, but their kind of reminder verse is from Ephesians. 
and it talks about how the same mighty power, or this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, reminding the people that the power that we have to share Jesus with others, the power that we have in order to experience these awesome and great things, coming to worship, being able to feel the Holy Spirit at times, but otherwise knowing for a fact that He is working in us, it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same mighty power that continues to flow through you to work incredible transformations unlike anything you've ever seen. And so on this day, in order to show them what it looked like to be powerless, is we met out on, out on the field, and what I did is I put them through a conditioning that I had to go through in high school. I thought that was fair. Um, and so I would start them off at, if you walk out here, the bleachers on the far side of the field. We would start there, and I would just make them run to the fence and back, and then again. And then as soon as they got back, um, I would have them do push-ups, and then they could run again. And then when they got back, they'd do squats. And I'm still a little sore. I did a few with them. Uh, and then I made them run again, and we just kept going over and over and over again. And most classes only made it through two cycles of that. And then they were all like ready to cry, ready to be done. And I was like, so who feels powerless? And all of them raised their hand until the first grade group, the last group. They just kept saying, oh, I'm not tired at all. It's like, great, run again. Uh, and they made it to like six or seven. But everyone else, they felt powerless. And the point there was how many of you feel the exact same way. You're not running up and down a field, but you're running from place to place. You're filling your lives with more and more. And that's not a bad thing. All right, there's so many opportunities we have to accomplish different things here, and God wants you to be able to experience those things. But sometimes the devil is going to use that and twist it and make it so all you can focus on is how you have no energy left. You have nothing left to give. And sometimes Jesus, in the midst of your feeling like you're powerless, in the midst of you feeling totally broken and wiped out and done, is going to call you to reach out to someone or call you to accomplish something else for him, or call you to step up to a new challenge. And you're not going to think you're going to be able to. You're going to feel totally powerless. And yet, he's already come to rescue you and fill you with the same power that raised him from the dead. So when you're powerless, that's right, he does. And the final thing we got to do with the kids, the final fun little showing of what powerlessness looks like, is we ask them to raise some money. And most of you know we have a project where we're supporting um, some Ugandan school kids. We're partnering with our team Freedom 117, who's partnering with IJM across, uh, across the ocean over in Uganda and Africa. And we asked our kids to raise money, raise money to send over there to add to this commitment we've made to raise uh, $5,000 for the next three years, each year raising that much. And for a little bit more of an incentive, we told them, if you raise $300, you get to pie Judy Dold, Tavarius Linzer, and myself in the face. Uh, and the kids misheard me, so they thought they had to bring in $300 each uh, so that they'd be able to get it. Um, we cleared it up quickly, but in the end, the kids raised $1,084. Uh, completely blowing everything out, so praise the Lord for that. And so our final showing of what it means to be powerless is three of our, uh, well, and Pastor Josh joined us towards the end of it, 
So four of our main leaders in VBS uh, went outside for two and a half hours and just kind of stood in a little box and let kids throw whipped cream at us. Um, and if you've ever been in Houston heat with whipped cream on you, it doesn't take long for that to start smelling bad. But in order to show them that in these moments, some of the people that you think could never be powerless can also be powerless and can be left with nothing, and yet Jesus still pulls them through it, through the smell, through the embarrassment, through the humiliation, whatever it wants to be, and uses them to accomplish some pretty cool things, being able to see different things go on. And so um, it's amazing that they were able to raise as much money as they were. It was incredible to see how excited they were to do it, um, although most of the parents were asking, like, so what are they raising money for? They're like, oh, the Ugandan school kids. And they're like, no, 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 something about pie in the face. Uh, like, just explain that to me. Uh, and, and we walked him through it, that's fine. But in the end, the point was, you will feel powerless, and yet Jesus has already rescued you from it and is already giving you exactly what you need. And then a focus we had for our VBS leaders this year was no matter what you're doing, look for opportunities to pray with these kids. Pray about anything, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's just, you know what, we're so psyched that we got goldfish today. You know, they got goldfish every day. No matter what it is, pray with them. And that's the exact same thing I want to leave you with because one, the Lord will come to the rescue each and every time that you're struggling, that you're lonely, that you're worried, that you're powerless, that you've done something wrong. He will always come to the rescue. But he also calls you to pray, to go to him with all of your struggles, to go with him or go to him with all of your loneliness, to go to him with all of your worries, with all of your powerlessness, and with everything you've done wrong. And just trust him to rescue you. Because here in this world, all of those things are so real, and they're weighing on us, and they're pulling us down, but in the end, guys, we win. In the end, he completely eliminates all of that junk and just takes us home to be with him forever. He's already overcome the world, so go to him in prayer and lift it all to him. Let's do that now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have already rescued us, that when we're feeling lonely, when we're worrying, when we're struggling, when we do wrong, when we feel powerless, Lord, you have already come to rescue us, and so, Lord, we ask you to continue to remind us to point us in the direction you have planned for us, to let us know that there will be times when we have nothing left to give, where we can do nothing else, and you will still call us to do more because you will never abandon us. Lord, we thank you for this promise that we have. We thank you for everything that you've given to us. and just ask you to please continue to fill us with that same power that raised you from the dead and allow us to continue to spread your gospel to everyone we interact with. All these things we lift up to you in your holy and majestic name. Amen. Amen. When you're powerless, Jesus. that's right, he does.